Okay, everybody, welcome to the Mind Hunter Companion. Uh, I am Doug, as always, joined by Peter. Welcome, Peter. Welcome, Doug. And we have arrived at long last at season two, episode nine. The finale. Hunter. Yeah, well, I guess our finale for now. And uh, just to give you all a heads up, this is another extremely long episode. So uh, Peter and I thought it was best. We're going to split this into two and we're going to do uh, season two, episode nine, part one today. And then in a few days, we're going to do season two, episode nine, part two. There's just too much to cover for one podcast. And the other thing, too, is the show is clearly trying to wrap up the entire season in all threads. Uh, so I think they're doing double duty, so we should do double duty as well. We should also inject a, uh, a plug for ourselves. Um, oh, yeah, our, plug away. So, yeah, so our next, uh, our next project is um, just a slight uh, turn to the left from, from real crime. <laughs> in terms of tone and shatter. <laughs> right. Um, so... <laughs> The our next project uh, is the the Mandalorian companion about the Mandalorian series, which recently came out on Disney Plus and is set in the Star Wars universe. And our take on it will be similar to this in the sense that maybe we're not the most typical Star Wars fans um, fanboys, we could say. So uh, we'll provide background about it, and we'll do it uh, sort of a much more balanced kind of view of things instead of just. Uh, I guess uh, a pure rabid sort of fan. Yeah, take I on think things. I think more sort of putting the show in the context of not just the Star Wars universe, but genre science fiction in general or, or film in general, right? Like, so if you want, yes. if you want a debate about whether they've depicted the Karelian YT thirteen hundred freighter correctly, I don't know if you're where your podcast. They, they they didn't. No, I'm just. <laughs> Right. But, uh, you know, if, if they got the chemical composition of Beskar armor exactly right, that's not us. But we're going to sort of do, uh, I think, a really good and exciting show on The Mandalorian and really sort of put it in a bigger context. Because I think that's what they're aiming to do there. Right. But we will do an entire episode on Boba Fett's jockstrap. <laughs> so All feel right. free to tune in for that one in particular. Okay. Um, mind hunter. Um, so no, no Dennis Rader, no, um, ADT salesman. We begin right where we left off at the end of episode eight, right? They had just, uh, met Wayne Williams on the bridge after yeah. they had heard a splash. Jackson Parkway bridge. Yeah. They start without any padding because this is really, you know, they've been, working the entire season up to this moment they finally have somebody on the last day that they had funding and and he said something very very striking right when they when they first approached him you know he said this must be about all those missing kids they said you know why we pulled you over and he gives a very very uh striking response so we begin with what looks like a, a crane shot of an officer uh using a flashlight to look right in the water, right? Yeah. And they don't see anything per se, but they're all watching because they think that maybe this is it. And this is the first African-American suspect, right? And Holden is very amped up. Yeah. Yeah, they're looking for a body. 
Right. They need they need something concrete. They don't find, but uh, right. They they want because obviously that would be the you know the smoking gun is if the the guy actually just dropped the body off the bridge and they found that, and they're worried that if they don't find something, they can't hold him. Right, because they basically right. just pulled him over for driving on the bridge. Right, they right. pulled him over for no reason, really, right. beyond I, hearing the splash. Although it, they did think it was suspicious that he was driving with his lights off. Right, so they correct. saw him turn his lights on as he was coming off of the bridge. Right, so so there's probable cause to pull him over and question him, but not to hold him. Right, so uh, Bill and Holden are talking sort of out of uh, Wayne Williams' earshot about this, and then they they debate like maybe they should search his vehicle, like just what can they do to stall, right? Right. And Barney points out that the, his name isn't on the registration, right? And he says it's his, it's his uncle's car, and he gives kind of a convoluted story about. Well, I work at night and I'm in the music business, but you know, he's driving in the middle of nowhere at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, his account, which he delivers very calmly and dryly, though, is obviously it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, he starts making a bunch of claims that are suspicious from the get go. I mean, what can he say? It's three o'clock in the morning and he's driving back and forth over a bridge with his lights off, you know, by himself. By himself, yeah, and, and you know, and any any of course fits Holden's profile, and he's a little he's a little arrogant with them, to be totally honest. You think in the first scene, I thought he was just sort of very calm. Well, later he's, later he's arrogant. He's sort of he's leaning back a little bit. He's got his arms crossed. I don't know, like, I don't know, pugnacious is kind of the word that came to mind. Yeah, like, he's not, he doesn't look too worried about all these cops and government agents and flashlights and, you know, flashing red lights and, you know, like, this is a big police presence and it's three in the morning. Right, and they're all, and they just fingered him. And, you know, I think he's not very worried. I mean, he's just really, really calm. And he, even, even in the face of questions that he obviously doesn't have a good answer to, like, where are you going? Well, he's going to meet some girl. Well, did you meet her? No, I was just, I was testing the route, you know, ahead of time. Right. Which sounds like bullshit. Right. So he, he basically, he's obviously making, he's just making stuff up on the spot, but he delivers it without a, without hesitation. Well, and also, you know, Bill is a little like kind of caustic or sarcastic with him. Like he says, you know, I'm a Renaissance man. And then Bill's like, so where are you headed, Da Vinci? Yeah. Well, that's Bill. <laughs> right. But it's just funny. Like, you know, a lot of people might not take so kindly to that. And there's, yeah, you know, there is a black presence among the officers uh, in the guise of Barney. But he does, right. you know, when they ask, can we search the car? He says, okay. Yeah. And he lets them search the car and they Holden gets excited, right? Because he thinks that he can, you know, uh, he's going to find log the contents, right? He gives them the name and number of the girl he's looking for. You know, yeah. like he gives them a lot of information. Like he lets them search the car. Like right away, mm-hmm. they find yeah. a pair of underpants in it. Yeah, in the car, there's, said, there's rope, there's dog hair. Right. He um, says the underpants are his mom's and they're trash. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and the rope's suspicious to them, and gloves, too. Yeah, the whole thing is suspicious. Right, right? and, and they just ask says, him, it's not my car. Barney asks him, Barney asks a point blank, did you throw something off the bridge? And he responds, you mean like a kid? <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, like, so this is sort of echoing... Yeah, that's pretty arrogant. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is sort of echoing the end of the last episode, right? And he says, you know, he specifically says when Bill pushes, you know, Bill says like, yeah, like a kid. And he says, yeah, I didn't throw anybody over. He says he doesn't own a dog, but there's clearly, you know, hair in the car that looks like animal hair. Yeah. Um, And like you were saying, you know, I mean, Holden is super suspicious. Like there's rope, there's gloves. Like who drives around like that? Right. And he's able to he's able to say, Oh, it's not my car, so I'm not responsible for anything in it. Right. That's sort of his his catch all take. Right. Um, and then, you know, we go to the opening credits. But it's it's an interesting you know, it's an interesting start for the show. Like it's not like a slam bam, you know start to their last episode like they're kind of like easing into the idea that maybe maybe we've got the right person well it's like you catch this guy it's clearly very suspicious but they're they're letting you know right away that in real life you know you have to obviously abide by by certain rules of procedure by rules of law you can't just you know pick people up at will right. hold them for no reason in the u.s right like there's no there's no holding period in the u.s like like in britain i think they have 24 hours or something you know um to hold you on suspicion or whatever but you know here like they don't they don't have that so mm. they have to arrest you for something in order to hold you right although they're allowed to question you at the scene they're allowed to question you, right? And and you can obviously decide if you don't want to answer, or you can you can walk away. Um, if and they can their option is to arrest you at that point, right? If you say like, "Listen, I'm leaving," right? Um, I, I didn't do anything, you know. Call my right. lawyer, right, or right. arrest me, right? So um, you know they they have um, they need probable cause. They need suspicion they need suspicion that'll hold up in court that that somebody is likely to have done something. And and so that's what they're looking for. They don't have a body. They have some rope in the back of a car. Um, right. And they have a very suspicious set of circumstances. Right. And like, a guy who's giving weird answers. And so they said about right, who, you know, who's, they, who's out at a weird time at a weird place, driving strangely. Right. right. So they, and, they immediately start checking up on his, on his answers. Right. Like they call the they call the number that he gave for the right. girl that he's supposed to meet and it doesn't work. Right. And he kind of he waffles it by saying he like, well, maybe I didn't write it down right, or maybe she's not there. Like he kinda like he throws a little misdirection at them. Yeah, I mean he's he's again and he's so calm about it. And you know, they after the credits, Bill Holden and Barney uh, take him into a separate car, right? right? Just the three of them, and all three of them are, you know, on three sides, kind of surrounding him. Right. And they start 
peppering him with questions like, why are you out here at three in the morning? Why do you have to meet this girl at this odd hour? Where does she live? You know? Yep. And he and again, has answers for stuff. And he's cool as a cucumber again. Right. And he's and he's he's kind of hostile, like he says, is the FBI on every bridge in Atlanta now. Right. You know, like he kind of gets in Bill's face. Right. Which Bill doesn't like. He gives him the old we'll ask the questions. Right. So sort of the standard cop answer. Um, yeah. But, you know, he also doesn't terminate the interview. You know, he sits there with them. Right. right? You would imagine that a lot of people you know, wouldn't even, they'd say, no, I'm not talking to you. Leave me alone. Right. You got to arrest me or call my lawyer or something. I wonder in real life how much that happens. I wonder if people don't, because the cops don't volunteer when they're questioning you. I mean, it's different if they arrest you, they have to read you your rights, right? Formally. But I wonder, I mean, they're not going to advertise that you can walk away because they want to talk to you. Right. But my point is if you kill 20 boys, you should know that. Right. You might be a little hesitant to get into the car with the police. <laughs> and this guy, if you know, if anybody's going to know something about crim- about criminal procedure and about the law, I mean, you'd figure this guy would have read up something in Reader's Digest, at least, you know. Right. And again, you know, here he is, you know, maybe he's the killer, maybe he's not. But, you know, if he's the killer, he's just been made and he is surrounded by law enforcement. Right. And he may have just dropped the body. Um, you know, Holden asks him about the rope. He doesn't really have an answer. Holden says, do you know why we pulled you over? And he says, it's about the boys. Right. So he knows, like he, he figures out exactly what these guys are there for. And he, he understands that, look, you know, you're the biggest story in town. The FBI is everywhere. I'm not surprised that this is what this is about. And I think, you know, when he's in the car, to me, he gives one particularly interesting answer or his tone maybe slightly changes when they're at, Holden's asking him, did you know any of the victims? And he says, no, I, I wouldn't. And he says, what do you mean? You know, you wouldn't. Um, and, you know, he's like, well, he's sort of disdainful of them. He says, they're straight, we're street kids running around all hours of the night. And I wouldn't associate with those kids. Well, And he also kind of, he kind of implies Holden as being racist. He's like, you think we all know each other. Right. And he says, he he looks at Barney and he says something like, you know, you didn't ask me if I know this guy. Yeah. yeah. He He plays a little bit of the race card. Right. But he's, he's definitely a little sensitive about beyond race, just about, He's, he's sort of disdainful of the of the victims, notably. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't show a lot of sympathy to all these boys being murdered. No, and it's it's almost like, you know, he's so pleasant the whole time they're talking to him. He's either pleasant or neutral. And then this is the only time he kind of says something judgmental, you know, in the interview. Like he he, he says, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have anything to do with those kids. Yeah. You know, the, they're, they're uh, street kids. And Holden says, you know, what do you mean? He says, well, they're running around all hours of the night, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, no, but again, like in a town where this has been the focus of the media for months, he doesn't show a lot of sympathy to black boys being murdered. Yeah, he shows no sympathy. He says, I'm not like them. That's what he says. Street kids running around all hours of the night. I'm not like them. Um. Which is weird. It is weird. The whole thing is weird. Yeah. So, 
they they break out of the car, the three uh, FBI agents, and they are they basically are told or is revealed that they they essentially have to let him go because they don't have a body. And Holden is really pissed about this, right? Holden points yeah. out this guy has a has rope with knots at both ends, right, to make it easier to hold if you're strangling somebody, right, yeah. and and a pair of gloves, right, um, but. Uh, they essentially have to let him go, right? right? Unless they have something hard, something firm, they have to let him go. And, and Holden is absolutely livid over this. Like his, right. his, you know, Holden points out that his alibi doesn't make any sense. Right, and they call, and it didn't even hold up. They called on the scene. Yeah, you know, they're radioing around other guys, but this came from upstairs. Like they, they call into the to the. Uh, to their bosses, essentially, who tell them, you know, if they don't have a body, um, then there's no crime directly to tie this guy to. So they do let him go, right? He gets in his car, right? He drives yeah. off. Yep. But, you know, they do have something now. They have his name. They have his license. They run the plate on the car, right? You know, it's not like he can just disappear now. Like, they know who he is. So they suddenly at least have something. So they're not totally empty-handed in this. No, they have a leading suspect. I mean, the guy is so suspicious. No question. Um, You know, it's an interesting scene, too, because it further plays on the frustration aspect. Like they finally, they finally get a little bit of something and then they get sort of quashed. Right. And then Holden kind of realizes that he didn't speak precisely enough to the other officer. And Holden says, you know, Hey, show me the rope. Junior (laughs) officer is like the icing on the cake. Yeah. What do you mean? Disappointment. Yeah. He's like, you just told me to write down what was in the car. You didn't tell me to take everything. So Wayne Williams has just driven away with the right. gloves, the rope, everything. Yeah, which he destroys at home. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. Right. The cop, like, I mean, talk that is really, I mean, talk about just Bad. the most disappointing aspect. I mean, they just totally screwed that up. Right. You know that Wayne Williams is gonna go straight home and wash that car. And then what does Bill do? Right? What does Bill suddenly do at this moment? He leaves. He right? leaves, right? He's, yeah, he's got to go home. home. Right, exactly. So so we cut to what, what looks like uh, a very hot and humid morning. Like they film it in such a way that it looks humid. And Bill, sorry, and Holden and Barney are on the bridge watching uh, the river be essentially searched for a body. And they basically think we've got to get something. Like, right. They're looking by the bridge, you know, where they, where they questioned Wayne. Right, and they're they're dragging the river, hoping that they find something. And yeah. Holden is very, very convinced. This is it. This is it. He's this is the right guy. He fits the profile. You know, he's he's in the right place. You know, doing something strange. And Barney pushes back a little bit on this, saying, "Like, well, look, what if we pulled up? What if we pulled over a white guy? Yeah, right. You know, at what point do we say it matches the profile? Right? And he pushes back a little bit about." the profile uh, although holden is kind of you know he's kind of firm he basically says you know look this is the guy yep um you know it's an interesting bit because you know like 
Wayne Williams kind of used Barney as a little bit of a lever against Holden and Bill, right? Yeah. And you could you could imagine on some level, Barney is sensitive to that. Sure. Right. So, but Holden Holden stands his ground. He digs in and he basically says, uh, this is the guy. Like, this is the guy. We gotta we gotta stick with this. Like and Holden is desperate for them to find a body because if they find a body, that's the whole game. Right. Right. So in keeping with our theme of frustration, <laughs> we then <laughs> cut to the Tench household. Back to Virginia where things are not casual. Yeah. And, and you know, Nancy has smoking not... And she's smoking unhappy. and she hasn't bothered to make any breakfast, right? And the implication is Bill is expecting some breakfast. Right, right from his wife and she's like not having any part of it and she is pissed she's really pissed right she tried to make a play date for him and you know everybody found an excuse not to be with them right so so right. bill says well maybe they were just out of town and nancy's not having any part of it she's like look nobody wants nobody wants our kid around Right. And she's, and so she, you know, she when wants we last, to move. right. When we last saw them at the therapist office, they kind of had this exact same conversation or, or a version of it in kind of hushed tones. And now it's all spilled out into the open and they're, they're openly arguing and she wants to move and Bill pushes back and he doesn't want to move. Right. And he especially, right. He doesn't really want to move. He doesn't want to address it now. He doesn't want to worry about anything except for what he has to worry about. And, and Nancy's had enough. She wants to go. She can't take it anymore. Ever since the victim, you know, the kid, the murdered kid's mother came over, that was it for her. And, and she says, look, we moved for you a bunch of times. And, you know, in all fairness, Bill is really misreading her. Like Bill does not appreciate how far over the edge she is. Yeah. She's had it. Like Bill thinks he can talk her out of it or he, or he can reason with her. And, you know, he's not saying no, you know, he's saying like, we'll consider it, whatever, but she's like, she's well past consideration. She's in the, let's hurry up and get done stage. Right. Right. And yeah. Bill's she's saying, past you the, know, I'm not right, saying no, I'm right. not, we'll consider it. She's, she's past pre-contemplation. She's past contemplation. Right. She wants to go in her mind. They're leaving. Right, and and she wants to go now. But she doesn't want to even if if Bill said, "All right, we'll move in three months," you know, she would say, she would say, "No, we'll move in three weeks." Yeah, you know, she she you know she's she's very cold to him. Like we've seen, you know, her body language over the course of the show really evolve, and she is really cold to him. Like she's not even looking at him for most of the conversation. She's smoking. At one point, she throws her cigarette out the window and walks out of the room without a backward glance. And I, the, the most Bill can say is, well, we'll consider it. Yeah, Bill doesn't appreciate how upset she is and how pissed she is. She's gone from freak out to just extremely cold uh, and withdrawn uh, and anger. mad, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, um, in Nancy's defense... You know, this is not the first time she's kind of made her feelings clear. Like she is not being listened to. Well, and I she knows this. You know, this I sort of I feel like I could appreciate her viewpoint 
very easily now. You know, maybe like when she was freaking out, it was a little hard, at least for me, to follow that in a way. Not that she shouldn't be upset about what happened. You know, it's a child murder, and her autistic son's involved, and and whatever. But, um, but now, you know, she she just wants to get out of there, and it, she's right. There's nothing except misery for them there. Like moving to another town is totally reasonable, and the brunt of the whole thing is on her. He's not there five days a week, right? right? Some, not only some is weeks, he at five work. and a half days, right? He, you know, not only is he going to work, but he's away the entire time, the entire week. Right, he's not even town. coming home for dinner to help out. Right. Yeah, and the the whole thing's on her, and she can't do it. Like she just physically can't do it. And he's been out of town for months at this point yeah it's not you know it's not clear how long the at kid investigation has been going on but it's It's you know you kind of get the sense that it's three to six months yeah is what it's been right between you know right all the events at the omni all the nights there right stakeouts clansmen montage scenes right Right. crosses stop right right i mean this this is essentially the whole season of this show right uh, but yeah, but he, but I think Bill really misreads the scene. Um, yeah, he doesn't and, get it. And, you know, like yeah. something just happened there and Bill missed it. Yep. Which we'll, we will see later in the episode how badly Bill has misread things. Right. <clears throat> so we cut back uh, to Atlanta. Uh, Holden and Barney go to Wayne Williams' house. To go for a visit. And and what's immediately apparent on walking up to the front door is the car has been cleaned. Oh, like yeah. The car has been scrubbed. What a surprise. Yeah. And like what was shown just a few minutes before to be a back seat covered in cat hair, sorry, or dog hair, yeah. is now shown to be absolutely spotless. Right. And, yep. and they know, you know, They've made a serious error. Yep. Right. And they've let him go. And, you know, when, when they knock on the door and, and Wayne Williams answers, you know, Barney starts off by being kind of a dick to him. Right. Right. There's he, our he, renaissance. Yeah. Renaissance he kind of mocks him. Right. He throws his words uh, back in his face and they ask if they can come in. And Wayne lets them in, which is really interesting. Yeah. And he basically says, like, you know, I, you only have a few minutes. Right. And, you know, just think, just think how important, right. This is like, now they have a suspect. He's let them into their home. Right. You know, like they, they let him leave last night. Right. So this is another shot. Like maybe they can, maybe they can get something out of this guy. Um, And they, you know, they just flat out start talking to him. They say, look, there's no Cheryl Johnson. The number you gave us was fake. Maybe the name is fake. You know, right. they start essentially calling him a liar in his own house. Right. And maybe this girl doesn't exist. And he says, well, you know, he gives a sort of like half-baked answer. Like, well, people prank me all the time. And, you know. It was okay yeah. that I, you know, was driving, th- th- you know, at three in the morning, you know, looking for her. Like, the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he he keeps confabulating, basically. 
And then Holden sits down, like he kind of like settles onto the couch and just starts into more formal questioning. He's like, tell us what you did yesterday. You know, where, where were you yesterday? What'd you do? And Um, he answers. He answers, uh, but you know, his answers are sort of like circumlocutious or circumloquacious, I guess you could say like he, like, well, my mom took, wrote the number down and, 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 you know, maybe she got it wrong or maybe I copied it down from where my mother wrote right. the phone number for this girl. Like he gives this sort of like meandering story. Oh it yeah. It doesn't his really make are, a lot of sense. It's like all of his answers. Yeah. Um, he says he uh, went to a, a record place, Hotlanta records to pick up some, pick up some money says he went to a, a nightclub, right. Or something. Yeah. Um, you know, like he gives a sort of a account that is both concrete enough to give a coherent chain of events, but vague enough that there's no hard and fast time points. Right. Yeah. And they can't really, you know, there's nothing really to pin down. Right. He doesn't say I watched the six o'clock news from six to six thirty or something like it's all vague and subjective. Like he can, you know, they can't really take much issue with it. Right. And then, um, and then he, he's putting flyers up, basically, because they start talking about his the nature of his work, and it gets you know the music kind of kicks in when Holden sees the flyer, because mm-hmm. the, basically what he does is he's kind of a quote talent scout for young um, potential um, performers, which is a great job if you're driving around looking to abduct people, right? Right. It's Right, young males, to eleven abduct. to twenty-one year old people. Right, right, and basically no experience necessary. You know, you want to be a star. Um, you know, if you want to be a star, give me a call. And you know, in all fairness, Barney and Holden don't handle this so well. Yeah, you know, like in the same way that Bill's not handling Nancy so well, they're not handling him so well. Like Barney was kind of a jerk at the door. Right. When they show him the flyer, you know, Holden says, so you drive around all day looking for children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, like it's really heavy handed. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it would behoove uh, Holden and Barney to make him relax a little bit. Right. So that he maybe he speaks right. a little more around them, but they, you know, they go they go right for his throat. You know what I mean? Like they're insulting him. They're overtly trying to link him to the murders. They're kind of like old school. It's almost like they're acting the way you would expect um, a, a police department they're visiting would act. You know, like they're supposed to come in with advanced techniques, right, for dealing yeah. with people like like people uh, like this like this serial killer, and they they don't they don't evidence any of that. They don't. There's no advanced techniques going on at this point at all. And maybe this is just a manifestation of how frustrated they are, right? Like if they if they weren't six months into this, and if it wasn't ninety seven degrees and humid, right? Yeah, and they're they're grasping, and they've been up for like two months straight at night, yeah, on top of everything else. And Wayne is, you know, he's almost kind of smirking at them, like a couple times in this scene, like. Like, if you sort of pause the episode and look at his face, he's kind of giving him the shit-eating grin, you know? Like, yeah. like 
they all know what conversation they're really having, even though they're not right. actually having that conversation. Like if you pause it, at, for example, 1423, I mean, like he's mocking them, like with his face, you know, he's laughing right. at them. Um, and, you know, he has, like I said, he has an answer for everything, right? I, this, this allows me to go to parking lots and arcades and anywhere young people go, right? This yep. is my actual job. Right. This is and, what he does. Right. And he, you know, he basically, he again throws down the race card and he's like, look, why should white people make all the money off of right black michael talent jackson. in the music business right he throws michael jackson the jackson five at holden right that's the model for him yeah so then Talk they say okay station by the right, way so, so tell us the name of some of your acts and he's like well i don't have any right now i'm in between talent right he's got nothing right for all yeah, this because they're all dead <laughs> 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 for all the supposed effort, right, in finding the next Michael Jackson or Jermaine Jackson, um, you know, he's got nothing right now. Right. So so now, in, and perhaps, like, dun, 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 Holden's least subtle maneuver, he says, do you like children? Yeah. You know, and, and Wayne's like, well, what do you mean? Right? And he goes, you know, like, what do you mean by that? And do you like Holden, their company? Yeah, yeah he's Holden's so, really, really, he's not doing well here. You know, he's not exactly demonstrating the level of sophistication that to which he aspires in terms of of tracking and and arresting, catching serial killers. Right, and when you think about right, when you think when you compare this to some of his prior interviews of criminals over the past two seasons right this might be his very worst showing well this right? guy's not in prison no he's not in prison but again when it counts the most right holden performs the worst here right and, and wayne williams says i don't like touching them you know like i don't know right. what you're talking you know like right you know it's you're all you're, over it yeah and he just basically you know gives them all no's he just says no 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 you know, and then eventually he flips the whole thing around and he says, look, this is the clan. You know, you guys are harassing yep. me, but you should be going after the clan. Sort of aping the line that we've heard from Tanya, you know, the stop woman, the commissioner, right? Everyone, right? He falls yep. back on this line about Atlanta that this is the clan. Yeah. Um, and then no, it's Holden. Potatoes, the, the whole, just the whole conversation. Yeah, but Holden does manage to fall back into behavioral science unit mode just briefly, and he does actually, he does spill a little bit of the profile on Wayne. He actually tells them a little bit of why they're looking, what they're looking for, and what they believe the killer is getting out of this, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have much effect on Wayne. Like He's kind of blank about things. Like yeah. He says, do you think you'll catch the killer? And then Holden, sort of like in a, in a very heavy-handed gesture, looks at him and says, I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's pretty good. And then with that, they get kicked out. Well, you he know? figures he, he hears a dog in the other room. That's the only other thing. Yeah. That but, but Wayne Williams, he stands up, right? He stands up signaling like this interview is over. Yeah, when, once Holden starts to like walk further into the house, Wayne basically kicks him out. 
Right. And he walks down under the auspices of using the bathroom. Right. And then he sees a dog right in a room. Yeah. And again, you know, they sort of are able to catch Wayne in a technicality. And he's like, hey, you told us last night you didn't have a dog. Right. To which he responds, well, I don't. That's my father. You know, like he's got an answer for everything. And technically he has not lied to them. Right. So, but he does, he does let Holden use the bathroom. Right. Eventually. Yeah. Like he doesn't boot them out. Even though it, it's, he obviously catches Holden snooping. Yeah. Right. He purposely looked in a room that was not the room that he identified as the bathroom. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know, you know, it's a, it's a good scene because it, it really highlights that the guy who is playing Wayne Williams does a really, really good job. Um, yep. Great he's casting by, again. He's played by Christopher Livingston uh, in, in this show. But man, I mean, he, I don't know what the real Wayne Williams sounded like, but this guy looks just like him. Yep. Like every serial killer they depict. Yeah, yeah. That's money well spent in this show. So they go to Hotlanta Records uh, to sort of follow up. Right now they're dogging down Wayne's story. Right. Right. And, you know, they, the guy, the guy at Hotlanta Records, you know, kind of, he kind of says Wayne's a bit of a poser. Like he talks a big game, doesn't really get much accomplished. Right. And he brings like 14 year old kids in there and he, to this um the studio music studio but he doesn't record he just mostly talks to him right and, and, and he doesn't paying. have and he specifically says that there's no demos recorded right and he's it's paying like deal. 50 bucks an hour for studio time just to talk to these kids yeah and the guy doesn't you know he doesn't pay it a lot of mind because he's getting paid right he's getting right. paid for the studio so he he's fine with it yeah but uh but you know he's very dismissive of wayne like you don't get a sense that wayne is an important part of the hotlanta music scene like this guy doesn't give a crap about wayne and 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 thinks little of him yeah yeah he he sort of thinks that he's he's a sort of a sad somewhat contemptible but harmless uh in general uh guy who's just never going to be successful right and he 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 describes wayne as a good kid right? right basically being defined as somebody who pays his bills and doesn't make a mess of the studio yeah he's a nice he seems uh nice on the surface um but the guy, you know, the guy sort of, you know, figures out that, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be talking to you guys. Like maybe, maybe, you know, I, I don't want to get Wayne in trouble. Right. Right. Um, and, and, you know, they say to him, look, do you think he could be violent? And he absolutely says, no way. He describes Wayne as a chump. Right. Right. Who's got, he thinks he got beat up. Yeah. Cause he had cuts on his arms thinking that like somebody <laughs> beat him up in the street. <laughs> right and then you know that, that makes them wonder were they you know were these cuts and scratches from somebody he was strangling to death of course they were and right Holden, right but holden's all over that yeah but they can't have that conversation right holden and barney have to just sort of exchange some glances yeah right? but hot but again hotlanta records doesn't really just like cheryl atkins doesn't really um add up and the story that he's telling them is it's starting to it's not really crumbling but it's starting to crack right like it's not really making a lot of sense 
Yeah. Um, and then we cut back right to the river where uh, we see a body. Right. Right. They finally uh, found somebody. Right. And not just a body, but a black body. Yeah. All right. And it's, it's a half a mile downstream from the bridge where they caught uh, Wayne the night before. Right. So, you know, and again, they're, they're very focused on the idea of scratches on Wayne's arms. Right. 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 Understandably. And, and they think that maybe it matches one of the bodies that had lacerations on it, suggesting perhaps a terrible struggle. Right. So now they have a body and they have a, a drawing that was made from around the time of the Luby Jeter uh, abduction. And the, and the, the composite drawing looks a little like Wayne Williams, not yeah. a ton, but a little bit like Wayne Williams. So like, you know, they're inching closer, right? They don't quite have him, but like they're getting more and more optimistic, right? Things are starting to come into place for them. Right. And now they have a body. Right, a body half mile downstream. Right, this is what they wanted last night. Right, so some progress for the BSU. Um, cutting back right to uh, to the Tench household. Right, Bill is attempting. Yeah, because it's Bill's still back at home. Right, and Bill is attempting to teach Brian right how to barbecue. Right. And he's an expert burger flipper. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, Nancy is drinking, right? She's sort of sitting at the table, like the outside. They've got like a little picnic table, right? She's a little chilly. She's sitting outside drinking. And the table is conspicuously not set. Like she's not preparing for the meal. Like all the only preparation for the meal other than a, a bowl of lettuce is is grilling you could imagine that she was like you make the dinner and he was like oh crap what do i know how to do well i can barbecue some hamburgers right so this is yeah. you could imagine that this is bill's this is bill's uh, idea of, of a family dinner right. um uh, and then they get a call from work which makes nancy even colder right because the work <laughs> yeah. is encroaching on their precious little home time together right Right, and of course he runs in to take it, and it's Holden telling Bill that we found a body. Right, and that they have to tomorrow. You know, they have to go talk to the DA, and he, Bill has to be there. Right, because they need to get warrants for surveillance. Right, and and the the DA wants to talk to the all the agents, including yeah. Bill. Um, and you know, Bill doesn't want to go down. Right. Bill's, you know, Bill is maybe just starting to figure out how bad this is. Right. And he doesn't want to go. Right. He, he, but he kind of realizes like, I can't abandon the investigation at this late stage. No, he knows that. And he knows the guy's really suspicious and, you know, that the, they have a couple pieces, you know, like the flyers, right. they have the body the fake story, the story didn't work out his right. So it's fake exculpatory um, information. Right. Yeah. No, they, they, they've got a good, they've got a good, you know, they've they got, got a, a good direction to surveil to at least. And then he says to hold it. All right, I'll come down. And then he turns around and Nancy has been listening to the whole phone call. 
right? Right. And uh, she is just cold as ice. Like, I think, by the way, I think they purposely have Nancy wear sunglasses so that there's like a physical barrier between her eyes and him. Um, and he says to her, like, he kind of puts on this like fake smile, like, hey, maybe we got him to which she does not care at all. Yeah. And he, you know, without saying anything else, it's understood that he has to leave. And then she says, you tell him. And she walks out. Right. Right. She's transferring all the responsibility over the course of this episode to him. She's right? tuning out. Yeah. Um, and we see Brian, you know, trying to grill burgers. Uh, yeah. and, and the implication is that, you know, as bad as things were in the Tench household, they just got a lot worse. Yeah, the worst possible thing that could have happened in this already crappy situation is that he has to get called back early out of town. And, and you know, Holden, who is now aware of Bill's trouble, still, still, you know, puts the investigation first and doesn't know and hasn't felt any of the tension in the Tench household. No, but he's matter of fact about it. I mean, it's, it sounds fairly reasonable that Bill may have, you know, has to go back down. Um, so they go to the DA, right? They make their case, right? Hair and fibers, right? right? Dog hairs on the victim, dog hairs in the vehicle, right? And the DA right. is a little, a little skeptical, you know? Right. Um, they talk about the rope, um, and they right. have to admit that the it's been lost, right? That this one key piece of evidence that would have really helped they don't have right they don't right. have so yeah the da's pretty he challenges them you know like like there's a body uh in in a half mile radius from where this guy was driving over a bridge there's you know dog hair but the da says you know i have a dog etc cetera, etc cetera. so right. he's pretty defensive and you know he he also says you can't connect the body to him like you have a body right. and you have it's him general but you, vicinity right you can't connect these two um so you know in the end the da basically says all you have is that you know this guy drove over a river where a body was found right, right. like he really starts pushing back and you think for a minute he's gonna go and then he starts to push back and then Holden has to sort of fall back onto the profile. He says, look, this guy fits. He has a police scanner. You know, he wanted to be a cop. Right. Right. This guy, this is, you know, we've been talking about this for months. You know, this is who we're looking for. And then he brings up the guy who was jerking off in the woods and says, look, right. last time we did this, you guys came up totally empty. Right. All right. So. You know, this is the guy. This is the guy that they interrupted uh, the the fancy party at, right? Where Billy yeah. had a slice of cake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's just not going well. And honestly, I think Barney helps kind of get him across the line a little bit. Uh, like Barney starts to to make their case just a little bit at the end after not doing a lot of talking, and the DA says, "Well, I'll consider it." Right. So and they go to write the warrant. Right, right. They don't they don't have much. But at least it's something and, and they walk out of the meeting with the potential promise that maybe he'll be aboard. Yeah, and basically while they're sitting there trying to write it up, um, 
you know, they're watching the, the, uh, the mother's, you know, activist on TV, right. um, basically giving another press conference about how no one cares about black children. And I just want to point out that we are less than a third of the way through this episode. Right. Like, holy cow. I'm, the, I'm telling you, like, you know, it's almost like they realized, you know, there's going to be a huge gap and they're just, they're making these episodes longer and longer and longer to try to cram as much in. I mean, several episodes this season are almost mini movies. I know. I wonder why they decided to make it nine when it, it could have been, you know, 12 for yeah, sure. I was, was going to say 12. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we see Camille, the woman from uh, stop on TV, right? right. She's uh, she's now in DC, um, you know, yep. making her case nationally. Um, right. But and then they while, get good news. Yeah. Because while she's on TV, like there's an immediate phone call, obviously related as Barney has suggested to the political situation. So uh, they decide they better show that they're doing something. Right. So they get the right to survey him. Right. Um, and then uh, we cut to, uh, you know, we jump right into surveillance, right? We're uh, Holden and Bill and then some agent that I don't know if we've seen before is riding along in the back seat. Right. Um, and they're, you know, they're outside Wayne Williams' house and they are, you know, examining his car and, right. you know, they're, they're, they, they're finally, you know, they're getting what they want. They want to put a little tracker on his car. Yeah. Right. So they stick a little magnetic tracker underneath uh, the car in the frame. Right. That's Agent Sketchy's job. The back seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who is that guy? A, We've never seen him before. He's running around with a flashlight. Right, right. And a Slim Jim to unlock the door. Right. Um, I don't, does Slim Jims work anymore on modern cars? I don't um, know if they do or if they don't. Personally, I just usually smash the window in. <laughs> right, with your steel baton. Yeah. So they put this tracker on the underside of the car. And then they're trying to do something else in there. And I, it was hard to tell what he's trying to do. Right. He's yeah. got some other device that he's trying to plant in the car. And then um, while they're, while this sort of this doofus is in the car, right. Lights start coming on in Wayne's house and they, they're like, get out, get out, get out. And then agent doofus Pops <laughs> the object. It's like right? a, it's like a bug or something. Yeah. I'm assuming something uh, that maybe I don't know. Maybe transmits the thing underneath the car, All right? And then like multiple lights start coming on in the house, and they realize the door is about to open any second now. And there is an an FBI agent in the car with the door open. Right. So right, Agent uh, Sketchy's taking his time. Right. Yeah, Agent Sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do such a good job, but he manages to just make it back to the car, right, without right. getting uh, made, right, by uh, a member of the, the Williams household. And Bill gives him this sort of, like, withering look like, you moron. <laughs> nice job, Donnie. <laughs> um, and then uh, it's not Wayne Williams, it's his father who comes out. Right, and he's walking right. the family dog. Um, we cut to the next day. The surveillance is ongoing, and you know, not one to change his routine. Wayne Williams is standing on a corner, handing out flyers, right to kids, right, or trying to. 
Um, and then we kind of get a sense from conversation that, you know, he's maybe tried to bid on the police force. He's been a crime scene investigator, right? right. Um, all sorts of stuff. By right? the way, so, like the surveillance, they're like, they're like 50 feet away. I, yeah, I don't understand that. I mean, he knows them. He's met them personally. Right. I, I mean, it's, in it's real very life, strange. It it's hard yeah. to believe that, like, they wouldn't have more agents that they could, you know, use in this thing. And then when they, they follow him, he gets in his car. You know, it's like a funeral procession. It's like nine cars pull out after this guy. It's so obvious. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's even a plane flying overhead. <laughs> well, it couldn't. Have, I mean, it just could not have been as obvious as they'd portray it in this. Right. But also, but in all fairness, I mean, I know that they're the main characters in the show, but what the hell are Holden and Bill doing there? And, right. I mean, he knows exactly who they are. Right. He knows, just, he knows what they look like. Right. It just makes for a better scene. You know, it's like the, um, uh, you know, like the medical show phenomenon like house or whatever where you have the same characters doing everything like they go down to the lab and run a urinalysis you know <laughs> right because you don't want to like have any other yeah people doing any it seems disinterested right so um wayne williams has read the script of this episode and he knows it's holden and bill uh driving behind him well wayne, wayne williams has eyes and he sees 15 <laughs> cars following him and, and, a, and a cessna 172 turning slow circles over where his, his location wherever that is um and uh, he makes a bunch yep. of random turns right and then holden and bill are like they're aware of how conspicuous they look right in these government issue cars right 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 the same four-door sedans like just in a line Right. So, um, you know, he runs a red light, Wayne Williams, and then they have to follow him. And then they, they assume that he's run the red light to see if they go. And then he's just sort of making random turns and they realize they have to just let him go. They can't keep making the turns. It's too obvious. And they know they're going to get like, they're really kind of worried about getting made. Yeah. You know, they're talking about it like that. You know, we have this line of cars and we're, you know, we're going to get made at the intersect. Like they're, they're aware. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny because this is not the, the first time in this episode that we've seen them really not up to snuff, right? Like the interview yep. at Wayne's house, like doesn't go well, right? The, the surveillance is heavy handed, right? The, the, the cars it's just they've left just, evidence in the car it's yeah, just you it's know one thing like after they're, another they're, they're not they're not functioning well they're just they're just doing a bad job um by the way do you know that this is almost all filmed in pittsburgh hmm. you know no, I didn't. and yeah. it's funny because they, they there's a sort of a conspicuous number of signs that say atlanta in the background right right just to sort of like drum into you that they're uh that they're uh, in Atlanta, but this is almost entirely Pittsburgh. And they, you know, they use lighting and filters to make it look hot and humid. Hmm. Um, anyway, so, so Wayne pulls up to uh, some sort of fish joint, right? Some version of Long John Silver's, right? Arthur Treacher's right. Fish and Chips or some such. Right, he goes to the drive-thru. Right. And then while he's in the drive-thru, Holden and Bill, right, are talking about 
you know, like what's his MO? Is he strangling them? Like, is that what the rope for? Right. Right. Well, once no. again, they sit like 20 feet away in a car watching <laughs> right. him with in, a walkie, the, giant walkie-talkie. Right. On a sunny day. They have everything but the police light on the roof of the car. Right. Um, but they have this whole big debate about whether or not, you know, he fits the profile. Right. They're trying to sort of like psychologically work him out. Um, and then in the piece de resistance. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne flips him the bird by <laughs> basically he pulls out of the he pulls out of the place with a with a the bag of fillet of, a fillet of fish i was thinking like <laughs> i could go for a fillet of fish <laughs> and he walks right up to them and he hands them the food <laughs> yeah <laughs> he raps on bill's window <laughs> And uh, he says something like, you know, was, you know, you guys might be hungry or something like that. Like <laughs> he hands him, he hands walks him a away. greasy bag and he wanders off. And then Bill doesn't even flinch. He starts eating it. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's like, well, when life heads your lemons, Bill's eating some fries. <laughs> Let's make the most of this situation. And he goes, yeah. and he goes I think we've been I think made. Been made. <laughs> yeah, while he's eating, while he's chewing on fries. <laughs> oh my god yeah, and great. over the radio they're like they handed him a package you know in the background <laughs> right like the squawk <laughs> of the police radio yeah yeah it's really good and again it, you know uh, it, it shows you you know wayne is not their typical you know criminal like this is not a guy they're gonna show a rock to who's right. gonna crumble right he's smart he's observant Right. He's willing to engage with them. Right? He wanted to demonstrate to them that he had made them obviously. He, right. I'm I'm smarter than you are. Right. Or at right. the very least, I'm smarter than you think. Here's some crappy fish sandwiches. Right. And I've and I've made you look foolish. Right. In yeah. front of all your peers. Right. Um like let's pause here, because this is kind of like a natural break point for the episode. Right. Um, but you know, like the, this episode is really about Wayne Williams as much as it's about, you know, Bill and Nancy, right? This is about things coming to a head, right? Things that we've been watching for episode after episode, it's all coming to a head now. Yeah. It's the finale. That's, you know, they're, they're being a finale. And you know we'll we'll talk about this more a little bit in the in the second half of the episode. But you know it is it is interesting to me how much less this season has been about Holden. You know, yeah, like the like first season part. is really Holden's journey, whereas this season is, I mean, it's much more about Bill and Wendy. Oh, totally. You know. Yeah. But I think that's actually good. Like, I mean, again, I don't want to get too far ahead where we're going to talk about next episode, but you know. Like, it's good for the season to go in different directions and explore the other characters and give you something more to hold on. Because, again, we saw Holden's, you know, transformation, right, from brick agent to BSU agent last season. So, I don't know. I actually, I think the first season is overall better. It's just hard. It's always hard for the, the show not to be best in its first season. Right. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation aside. But, um, you know... Uh, it's good that they went in a different direction. So I, yeah. I still wish we'd had a little bit of Debbie in this season, but that's just me. Yeah, I guess she's, you know, left but gone. But yeah, I guess so. We'll see. 
Um, let's pause there. Um, and then we will be back uh, next week for uh, Mind Hunter season two, episode nine, part two. And then, and that'll really be both part two and then our sort of summative thoughts on the whole second season. Correct. Um, and again, uh, don't don't forget to check out uh, the Mandalorian Companion, uh, as Peter mentioned, our new project, which we're very excited about, and that should be uh, up and running uh, any day now. So, uh, you can always email us at uh, popcorndrinkcombo at gmail dot com or mindhunter.companion at gmail dot com. All right. Anything else there? Or are we good? We're good. See you All next right. time. Thanks. <laughs>